Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes. Hey, everyone. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to Pardon the Intermission. Yeah, welcome back. And uh, we're here to talk some entertainment. My name is Eric. And I'm Jason. And we're glad you guys are with us uh, today. Absolutely. Delighted <laughs> to be back with you guys talking more entertainment. Absolutely. A- absolutely. <laughs> That's just a word I concocted out of thin air this very second. Nice. I like it. It has a nice catch, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> it, it has a nice ring to it. I don't know if absolutely. I can say it. I, yep. See, I, I can't. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Well, there you know, we they don't call me a wordsmith for nothing. So <laughs> Nice, nice. All right. Yep. Hey, uh, wanted to talk this week uh, yep. a little news. We got news. This week. News. Yep. In the entertainment world, and here we come. Jason, Eric. Halloween doesn't seem to be going doing too well. Halloween ends doesn't seem to be doing too well with its fans. Yes. Yeah. Did you see this story? I I caught a glimpse of the story. Well, the story the story is from Screen Rant. Okay. And apparently, I'll fill you in here. So apparently. I have not seen Halloween Ends yet. Have you? Mm-mm. Okay, so we're, no, we're we haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, I did want to see it, but I actually I I wasn't too thrilled by the reviews uh, to begin okay. with. Right, there okay. are a lot of reviews that said eh, it's not really that great. The the what was the one before that? Uh, Halloween. Uh, the twentieth or what was it called? Halloween, Halloween two thousand fifty five. I don't know. Halloween kills, right? <laughs> Halloween kills. Yeah. Halloween kills. It was Halloween kills. Um, yeah. That one. Uh, that one. You know, it, it got pretty decent reviews, and I thought it was a pretty decent movie. But yeah. this one's. Uh, everybody was saying no, it's worse than Halloween kills, and I thought, okay, I'm not. Anyway, I'm not rushing out to see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, though, uh, it also uh, they're putting out a petition because there are a lot of fans of Halloween that were disgusted with the way this movie ended. Because this was supposed to be the end all. This is it. It's over. There's no more Halloween after. We're this. sure about that. No, but okay. <laughs> that's what I wanted to. That's what I wanted to to make sure of. This is the way. This is the way Hollywood does it, right? It's yep. over. There's gonna be no more. It's right? done. It's never coming back. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Until the next one. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so this was supposed to be the end all, be all. This is it. And I guess there are a lot of fans that were very, very upset with the mm. way that it ended. Hmm. So okay. they even went to change.org and created a, pet- a petition wow. to get fans on board to, you know, sign the petition for them to Ooh. reshoot <clears throat> the ending of the movie. What? They want to go as far as have this movie reshot. Uh-huh. You know, to okay. completely. Now, I wish I had seen it. Um, because I'd like to see how it ends and see what they're talking about. And I'm going to watch it now just for that. <laughs> but but they do want it completely reshot. Let me ask you a couple questions. One, yes. do you think it's it, that that uh they will do it, okay. And uh, and two, uh, do you think it's 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 fair of them to ask this? To answer your first question, no, I don't think they'll redo it. Not not at the behest of a bunch of pissed off fans who just aren't happy with the end of the of the product. Here's the thing. Okay, I used to work with someone who worked in Hollywood for a number of years, and. She told me that it costs a lot of money to do reshoots on Mm, movies, especially movies that have come out. What you see is what you get, folks. All right? And when you go to a movie, when you pay to go see a movie, or in these days, in this case, when you stream to see a movie, 
You may not like what you see. There's no way that, Eric, there's no way they're going to go and pull this movie off the platforms and go back and reshoot the final five or ten minutes or however much uh, time they're arguing about here just because a bunch of irritated fans went on change.org and say, we are disappointed with the ending of the movie. You need to go back and remake the whole thing. No, they're not going to do that. It's not cost conducive and it's not effective business for the studios. Yes. yes. That's not going to happen. Okay. And because I went on that rant, what was your second question? (laughs) I forgot. The second one is, is it fair for for fans to even ask this actually? Well, of course it's fair for fans to ask it. Yeah. I I mean, why not? Look, when you've, when you've devoted yourself to a franchise, like a lot of us Star have, Wars. Star Wars, Star Trek, <laughs> Star Wars, especially Star Wars. We'll get into that on a subsequent day and time. Yeah. But when you devote yourself to a franchise and you, whether you like it for better or worse, you, you want a, a quality product. And if they don't like it, of course, they have their right to voice their concerns. They even have their right to go to change.org and say, we demand you reshoot the ending and then re-release the movie and then release the movie again. Yeah, 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 they're within their rights to do that. That's fine, but well, it's I mean, never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Well, this, apparently, no. now apparently, in in this article here uh, on ScreenRant.com, yeah. it, it kind of goes into a little bit. Now, apparently, they introduce in the movie, like I said, I wish I hadn't seen it, but I wish I did. <laughs> yeah. They go they go into this new character, and I guess this new character, new Michael. I don't know if it, in the Saint Asylum or whatever. Yeah. And so, what, what basically is happening? Why people are upset is that you know it kind of takes away from the premise of what the movie was always about. Like yeah. Michael mm-hmm. was always this kind kind of evil character you never knew like what his motivation completely was you know they kind of explained it in some of the earlier movies a little bit but you never truly knew he was just like this force right this force of just evil that was coming at you and you never knew and that was that was that was the whole mystery and and i guess the fun of the halloween series you know Mm -hmm. um they're yep. saying apparently this takes it away. It almost kind of humanizes him too much. You know, it gives him out, you know, something about being bullied and this and that. And I don't know. And so, you know, when, when the, the end finally comes, I think that's where the fans feel like, listen, it doesn't really explain my the true origins of, of what they thought Michael would be, you know, instead of this, instead of this, you know, this whole, they're kind of giving us, it's like we talk about many times on the yeah. show that the, the villains in that we get so, I get so upset at this. I won't speak for you, but I get so upset. The villains okay. of these movies, you know, they can't just be bad guys for badness sake. They have to have some story, you know, uh, they, when they were a kid, somebody, you know, who knows what, you know, somebody made yeah. fun of him, called him a name and this set him on this whole trek yeah. to do it. And in the end, it's like, you know, oh, well, they really weren't that bad. And there's a reason for it. And we should feel sorry for him, you know, and this redemption arc for these villains. Anyway, that's my rant. But so I guess apparently that that's what's going on there. So, uh, I mean, answer me one question. Weren't we supposed to find out about Michael Myers origins after like Halloween five or something? Or I don't know. Well, there's a there is a couple of origin stories now. That's Rob Zombie did one. That's right, Rob Zombie did one. That, that was, was one was where crap. Malcolm McDowell was cast as Doctor Loomis, right? Donald I think Pleasance's. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because so. Donald Pleasance played Doctor Loomis in the original one in the yes. first in the first yes. two films. Genius, and he was genius. In yeah, that. he was. He, he actually was carried carried the first film. The second one, I'm not going to say, but the first one, he definitely carried. Oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah, but yeah, I think the one you're referring to that was directed by Rob Zombie, yeah. Malcolm McDowell, well, had the role of Sam Loomis. And that yeah. was, a, and you know, I did not like that Rob Zombie one. Now, no way, that was garbage. Yeah, it, it was utter I, filth. I gotta say, I liked Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. I've, I've liked a couple of his things he's put together, but the Halloween, yeah. no. It, I think it that's didn't. where Halloween kind of went down the crapper. Was mm-hmm. like, well, 
you could argue what besides Halloween three that, with the besides Halloween three yeah. with the mask and all that. The pumpkin okay, mask. don't go there with the Pokemon mask. I knew you were going to do that. I'm talking pumpkin but mask, not Pokemon mask. mask. I thought you said Pokemon. I'm oh sorry. no, the pumpkin mask. Pumpkin Remember mask. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm sorry, but so, um, so, but you know what? Hey, again, we're what talking a, about Rob Zombie. Yeah, that, Rob he, Zombie. Yeah, I, I wasn't too happy with that origin story no. when they did Halloween Kills. You know, it kind of goes back to that when he was in, when they were in the uh, when they were in the asylum. Remember, uh, and that he was out in the middle of that square. Yeah, and I, that person was trying to get a rise out of him, was screaming at him. Right? I mean, yeah, that right. Was, and yeah. he just stood there. I mean, that's it. I mean, he's yeah. stoic. He's silent. We, he's just a silent killer. We don't know why he's doing what he does. Mm-hmm. That's what made him. And I, and I guess apparently, I will watch that movie and I will get back to the audience here as, as to what I thought. Of this, but yeah, we will demand a recap. But maybe, yeah, maybe I'll have my own petition. But <laughs> you have anyway. You've already started about ten or twenty of them, so you might as well keep going. <laughs> yeah, and they're all for Star Wars. Dang it! That's right. I'm. Oh, uh, you gotta, you gotta wander off the beaten path here. Although, Eric. although we different. will get to some. Uh, we we might. Well, no, maybe not this one. We will get to some yeah. good Star Wars news here in, Ooh, in a yeah, little bit. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Next on our list here is you had an interesting story about uh, a very famous movie that nobody's seen, hasn't even been. Uh, finished shooting mm-hmm. yet uh, because of a shooting. Yeah, but let's go into that. <laughs> That's Sorry. a hint as to what we're going to talk about next. Yes. Okay. So I'm sure all of you remember uh, the name of this movie that was in production uh, called Rust. And dun, if, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And if you don't remember what the name of that movie is about, well, let me kind of refresh your memory. If you recall, this is the movie where uh, the cinematographer, one of the cinematographers on set, was shot and accidentally killed. Well, I shouldn't say accidentally. Was shot and killed by a prop gun that had a real live uh, round in it, a real live yes, bullet. By obvious by Alec Baldwin. Yes. Who we will discuss much later, but at any rate, the movie made a lot of negative um, headlines in the press because obviously of the fact that there were so many safety issues that were disregarded. There were so many safety issues that were ignored. So many, ch- anyway, you get the gist. Well, according, yeah, yeah because, well, let's, let's just, let's go into yeah. this real quick. Yeah. yeah. Because and in, in, I mean, as, as probably most people do know, but on any film set, there are a lot of these uh, safeguards in place when dealing yeah. with firearms, yep. things you do not and you never should do. Yep. And they're usually also, the firearms are also protected by a professional mm-hmm. that takes care of them. They, they that's have, in their care so they can they can watch yep. them all the time, basically know where every firearm is at so one doesn't escape and come back. And a situation like this happens. Yeah, and they have a firearms expert on the set of every film that uses prop weapons so that they can, A, train the actors who use firearms how to use them properly, but also, B... Maintain them properly and maintain them safely. Make sure they're locked up. Make when sure they're, they're not locked used. up when they're not used. So Make sure none, so that this yeah. doesn't happen. You don't have. Yeah. So obviously, this what didn't happen in the in this case, and unfortunately, someone lost her life. And as it so happens, she was the wife of the uh, guy who's actually going to produce uh, the movie, which is now being. Uh, or now resuming production. So the story here is that they're starting production again. <clears throat> yes. So the movie was being shot. Uh, sorry, bad word. The movie was being filmed in New Mexico before this unfortunate uh, incident took place. Okay. Uh, and I think also the director year. got wounded too. Director was wounded as well. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Well, according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, the movie Rust is actually making early plans to resume production in California. So they are wow. moving from New Mexico out here to the high desert near Mojave 
in California. And uh, the man who's going to produce the film, his name is Matthew Hutchins, again, is the husband of the poor woman who lost her life, the cinematographer. Mm. Uh, Her name is, give me just a second here, begins with the letter H, Haley Hutchins. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I thought that was just really interesting because, of course, when this was in the news, when it was splattered all over CNN and Fox, we thought this movie was doomed. We yeah. thought they had packed up their tents. There were lawsuits coming left and right. Yeah, yeah. But now I read this today in Hollywood Reporter that they're resuming production. It's like, wow, they're ready to move on this quickly, I guess. Well, is is uh, <laughs> did it say in that article, Did is Alec coming back for the role? It says that all the principal actors who were cast in the film before the incident are coming back, including Alec Baldwin. What about the director? Is he coming back? Uh, the director will be back as well. So, wow. Yes. Now, keep in mind, Alec Baldwin is being sued by this, uh, by somebody, I think, still, if I remember correctly. I don't know if it's the family of, of the cinematographer who okay. was shot, but he's being, he has a couple, he has a lawsuit uh, hanging over his head right now. Did he ever, because uh, this has never actually gone, I mean, has he hasn't been cleared of anything either, though, right? I mean, criminally? Criminally, he hasn't officially been charged or cleared of anything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, his, his, the situation, his case never went to court, at least as far as I know. But, uh, and he, of course, made all the rounds on the popular uh, talk shows. He seemed very, very, very contrite about what happened. And I've seen Alec Baldwin in interviews, and I can tell you, you know, the guy's a good enough actor. You can tell when he's faking something and when he isn't. In these interviews, he one of the interviews that he gave uh, with Charlie Rose, actually, he broke down crying. And it was not crying on cue, Eric. You know what that's like. Mm. You've cried on yeah, cue yeah. before. <laughs> this was not crying on cue. It was, he literally feels like the entire, like, this woman's life was in his hands. Mm. So, uh, but again, we don't know what the result of his case is going to be, but it sounds like according to Hollywood here, uh, it's full steam ahead for the movie Rust. Wow. And so they're, again, they're going to begin production in early January, 2023 out in the high desert here in California. So, uh, let me ask you this, when this yeah. thing, uh, when this thing completes and they get it uh, out into, I'm sure it'll probably just be on streaming somewhere. Uh, are yeah. you going to watch it? You know what? I I am going to watch it. Are you? I am. Yeah, just because um it sounded like a really interesting film before all of this all of this unfortunate stuff took place mm. and it's I I'll give it a sh- I don't want to say shot. I'll give it a chance. <laughs> I keep God uh, Freudian slip. But I'm bumped. Yeah, hit the button, Eric. Um but uh which one is that one there right there. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll I'll give it a chance and I'll see what it's like because it's, it was getting some fairly good um, some fairly good feedback from inside the industry during production. Interesting. Before. And 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 I, and I want everybody to know out there, we're not trying to make light of this. No, lady not at lost, all. Lost her life. Yeah. I mean, this is this definitely is a tragic serious. tragic situation. But yeah. but um, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna have a hard time. I don't know if I'm gonna watch this one myself because uh, you know Alec Baldwin. I think he's a great actor. Um, the problem is, is that you know it's almost his his personal nonsense always gets in the way yeah. of this stuff. Now I understand this is a complete accident. I don't have a problem with you know. I mean, it was an accident. At the same time, he was executive producer, though. At the same time, he is responsible for what goes on there. Yeah, and I think you know this is a good a good uh, lesson that you can never let your guard down anytime. Yeah. No matter how how experienced you are in in any industry, but absolutely, um, yeah, because something will happen at that point. 
Uh, but as but as just just to finish out real yeah, quick, yeah, yeah I, I I just that that's what gets me though. Is I think you know he's just been kind of uh, in a lot of other, other instances. You know, we've seen him go off on reporters. We've seen him be like a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, many times. Um, and so I don't know. It's hard for me to feel bad for the guy. I feel really bad for the person, you know, the family and and the yeah, person that yeah. of course lost their life and the family and the director that got injured as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, but for him, I don't really. So I don't know. I'm kind of like I don't. I know there's a lot of other people. I'm kind of rambling, but I know there's a lot of other people that their their livelihoods depend probably depended on this on this movie. You know, you have a lot of people involved in filming, and mm-hmm. and you know they had nothing to do. Of course, they're just doing their yeah. job out there. And I and I like to see it go forward for them. I guess to, so that they can get paid and they can you know. But at the same time, for Alec and to watch this movie, I don't know if I'm going to do it. But. Well, and there's also the dollars and cents value too, because if they had this movie on a particular schedule, movies are planned years in advance. Uh, I mean, they're they're not planned by the week or the month or the day. They're planned yes. years in advance. And so, if this movie didn't resume production, uh, there would have been a major um, there would have been a major hole that Hollywood would have to fill both financially and schedule wise because that would whack up everybody else's schedule for movies that were either going to be released before or after it. Mm. So there's the dollars and cents uh, factor in there as well. So. Yeah. But I, and I, I don't agree with that to an extent, but it is what it is. It's part of the business. Yeah, very true. Um, hey, so let's uh, yeah. let's move on. Uh, our next yeah. one here is an interesting story. It's kind of coming back up. And this one also was from, uh, I caught this on ScreenRant.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the title of this one says, uh, Coffee Cup Company Breaks Silence on Game of Thrones Error. Yes. Whatever the theme song was. Hey, if you guys remember, yeah, there we go. Oh, there we go. What theme song was I doing? I think it was from Superman. You were doing Superman. Yeah, you were doing John Williams. <laughs> I don't know what John I was doing. Williams. Anyway, uh, so if you guys remember, season was it season eight? I think right. Season uh, eight. Season eight. The uh, they have the infamous coffee cup on the set. If you remember, there was a scene where uh, John Snow and Daenerys yeah. were uh, in. They were. In, it was a big feast. And you they know, were in she, Westeros. They were in was it Westeros? I think right? it was okay. Westeros. Westeros yeah. And they were having a big feast, and yeah. so everybody was gathered mm-hmm. around John. Yeah. And you can see it online if you don't remember. There's a picture yes. where uh, Daenerys is is kind of you know she's there left by herself. Everybody's hey John talking to him. She's there left by herself in the scene. Well, in the the original scene, there was uh, I didn't pick it up when I first saw it because I saw it when it aired. There was a coffee cup, like a modern day coffee cup, <laughs> with the white lid sitting on top of the the old table, right? And this old Westeros in this castle in Westeros. Oh, you right? mean to tell me you didn't see the Starbucks around the corner from King's Landing, Eric? <laughs> well, here, so here, so here's the funny thing. So that was very famous. Everybody went crazy right, about right, it, right? right I thought right. it, I thought it was great, but. Um, apparently, I guess, you know, everybody just assumed, speaking of yeah. Starbucks, everybody assumed it was Starbucks. But, yeah. Yeah. but, and, and, okay, they thought it was Starbucks, but it was not. And so the, the actual, the, the coffee, uh, coffee owner, coffee company owner, yeah. uh, came out, spoke out finally. And so his, uh, his name of his coffee, coffee company was Established Coffee. And uh, uh, his name was Mark Ashbridge. And he said he came forward and he revealed that the cup came from their shop in Belfast. You know, they did a lot of filming all over. So wow. this was, they were filming in Belfast. Huh. And that's where it came from. And he says, which Game of Thrones cast, including uh, Clark, Amelia Clark, frequented yeah. uh, during their filming. So and this guy, and he says that he also laments how the cup being incorrectly identified as Starbucks 
caused his shop to miss out on millions of dollars worth of free PR. So oh. it was like the one time that this guy could have gotten, you know, just, I mean, yeah, just you know, could have been known for this one shot. Everybody assumed props. it was Starbucks because they're used to yep. seeing the coffee cup with the white lid, the white plastic lid. So anyway. Okay, okay. It was accidental product placement. All right. <laughs> it was, but but the poor guy didn't even get credit for it. You know, Starbucks did. <sighs> so anyway. Man, so, that's so a... I thought, anyway, I just thought it was a very funny story. Kind of. An, it is funny. A, yeah, because, you know, we did all see the coffee wow. and we all, I assume it was a Starbucks and everybody said oh like a Starbucks cup they just assumed yeah I mean so you see Starbucks, one Starbucks cup you see them all right Starbucks which <laughs> doesn't need the advertising got all that free advertising that PR and this right. poor guy in Belfast his his uh, his coffee shop there did not so anyway wow. shout out to established coffee in Belfast I hope maybe this this will go around the world maybe you'll get some hey. uh, when I make a trip to Ireland and I go to Belfast, I'm going to establish <laughs> coffee. That's the first place there I go to. There you go. There you go. Yep. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of a, a, a cute little story there. That is funny. The, that is funny. Yeah, the poor guy didn't didn't even get uh, didn't even get correctly uh, uh, identified there. But anyway, I feel your pain, Lottie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on here, we've got uh, uh, probably just one more story today. Yeah. Uh, we got time for one more story. Move this on. was uh, an interesting one, and I know it's gonna hit some uh, hit you uh, uh, in in. The the right place because it's uh, uh, where we uh, better hit what me you in love. The right place. Well, I put that wrong. Okay, uh, it, it's a yes, subject. I went there. It's a subject that's dear to your heart. You love yes. talking about it. Yes. So the the uh, the title of this another screen rant uh, okay. article. Okay. It says uh, boldly go co writer mm-hmm. on William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy's sad falling out. Oh yeah. So basically, okay. this this story, and, and I'll let you take it because I know you got a lot of information here. But this story basically yes. goes into how um, William Shatner has a new autobiography called "Boldly Go." Yeah, and so apparently, you know, uh, he was sharing, he was talking about the tragic falling out between him and Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, the way that the, this article made it sound is that there, it really nobody really knows what exactly happened. It was just like supposedly at one time. Shatner was was filming uh, was filming a documentary. They filmed the Nimoy at one of these Star Trek conventions, and he got mm-hmm. upset. And from then on, their relationship mm-hmm. just went south. Right? Mm-hmm. They never made up. Um, Nimoy uh, passed away. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it cancer he had? Uh, yeah, he because N- Nimoy was a chronic uh, chain smoker okay. earlier in his uh, life, and so okay. I think he died from complications of pulmonary cancer, if okay. I remember correct. So yeah. so he he passed away. Yeah. Now at the time when he passed away, Shatner already had a previous engagement with uh, um, um, doing a fundraiser, mm-hmm. and he did not go to the funeral. That's right. Which a lot of people that uh, incensed a lot of were people were upset, and you know, mm-hmm. but his his take on it was well. <clears throat> You know, he says in this article, well, you know, uh, Nimoy, or at the time, I should say, in yeah. the article, it says, Nimoy would have wanted me, you know, he was a very giving person. He would have wanted me to be at the fundraiser rather than. So that was yeah. his his take on okay. it. Okay, okay. There was also, though, um, uh, Nimoy's, I think it was his daughter, um, also came to uh, Shatner and said, well, you know, she kind of, it, it wasn't exactly the making up session that I guess everybody wanted, but she did say, you know, that, uh, you know, my father did love you and that, you yep. know, even though you guys were, were on the outs, you know, he really mm-hmm. did love you. And so, 
you know, Shatner does say that he he definitely, you know, that was the time that he missed. Uh, he wished he could go back and wish yeah. it could be different and, and would do it differently. But yeah. anyway, so you had some insight also into this. What? Yeah. So what this what this co-writer is uh, discussing, it's not news. I mean, it, it, it's news in that, OK, we've heard it before. It's no secret that the all of the members of the original series weren't exactly the best of pals, not like uh, the cast of The Next Generation. You know, William Shatner had a, uh, a a tenuous relationship with Leonard Nimoy at times, just like he had a tenuous relationship with George Takei at times, yeah. so much so that he and Takei hardly even speak to each other anymore. They eventually, all most if not all of the original cast members, before many of them have passed away, uh, eventually made up over time. But, you know, there I, I've seen a lot of documentaries and I've read a lot of articles and biographies about the original cast members. And there was... Um, William Shatner was kind of viewed... He wanted to be viewed as the main cheese of... Yes, yeah, the main of, character. Of story. Yeah, because he was. Yeah, he, he, was had an ego. he had the main character. He had an ego. He had an extremely big ego. And that divided the original cast members who at that time... Leonard Nimoy had been in the industry, but had been in some small bit parts and in some TV shows and some serials. But yeah. other than that, the other cast members were just getting established and getting their feet through the door. And they really didn't like a lot of the special treatment that William Shatner wanted. There were times where I guess he demanded that he have his own trailer away from the set and the other cast members didn't get theirs. Anyway, you know where I'm going with this, but there's a lot of animosity. There was uh, was some animosity there towards Shatner. Yeah. But I think as all of them got older and I, again, I've seen and heard all of this and plenty of documentaries. In fact, there's an excellent documentary about Leonard Nimoy on Netflix right now called being Spock, what it was like Mm. to be Spock. A lot of what you just described, Eric, was verified in that documentary. Interesting. In that, okay. but and it's uh, it was directed and produced by Leonard's son Adam, but they also interviewed his daughter and his kids in it, and they again verified a lot of that information that you just hmm. said in that article. Where as they got older, they actually became closer, especially Shatner and Nimoy, because they didn't truly appreciate. Um, the relationship that their characters had because at the time they did Star Trek, they just viewed it as something that was just too campy. They viewed it yeah. as something that... It was they a passing, it, a passing it was a fad. Passing fad, but they also viewed it as a job. Uh, yeah, they yeah. were burgeoning actors getting into the industry. They needed a consistent paycheck and Star Trek gave it to them. But they didn't really appreciate the full magnitude of Star Trek and that's partially what drove them apart a little bit. But as they got older... Shatner and Nimoy eventually started to mend the fences a little bit. They came, they became a lot closer. And again, it wasn't until Nimoy uh, met towards the end of his life when they really, really realized that we spent all these years bickering and fighting with each other when we should have been like Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, where we should have yeah. been embracing each other as brothers, not as foes. Well, well I think, and, and uh, you know, and, and they probably saw each other as, as you know, all, all pieces of, of one you know, unit or story here. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not, it wasn't the Captain Kirk show. It wasn't, correct. you know, Captain Kirk movie. It yeah, was, correct. you know, now he was a big, you know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be Captain Kirk. Oh, I did too. You yeah. Know, I didn't want to be Spock, you know, right. I mean, I want to be the logical guy. I want to be the guy who was out there right. action and, yeah, you know, right. and, and fighting, you know, fighting yeah. the, the aliens and stuff. Yeah. But, um, also they mentioned too, in this story, uh, that, uh, you know, it could have been Leonard Nimoy actually could have been in when he found out he was sick. It may have been his way of, 
protection and kind of pushing people away, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah. that he kind of started doing that. So yeah. that, that may have also been a reason because at the time it kind of seemed like, yeah, there was, what was the reason for him to be so upset over, okay, yeah. so they were filming a documentary with Shatner and he was filmed and he said he didn't want to be filmed and then it just blew up and, you know, nobody ever talked to each other. Or supposedly these guys didn't, but yeah, and at, from that point on. And compounding that issue is the fact that Leonard Nimoy was a very private person in real life. Mm. Um, you know, he, he very much, in some ways, he embodied uh, he, he embodied a lot of Mr. Spock's personality where he was driven more by, he was very, um, he was introverted to an extent. But he kept a very, very tight private life. And he did that in part because he knew about the global popularity of his character. And he didn't want to bring home that fame and that popularity mm-hmm. to his family. Interesting. And, and Nimoy went through about, I think, two or three marriages. And so, wow. yeah, so that that part of his career playing Mr. Spock in Star Trek in some ways divided his families a little bit. But, um, yeah, so Leonard wasn't a very, he wasn't as open about his personal life as William Shatner has been. Mm. And I think, again, it has, it's only been magnified since uh, Nimoy passed away about, what was it, three, four years ago already? Yeah, yeah. Was, what was it, 2015? Might have been, yeah, longer than that. But what, at, at any rate. 2015 when he passed, I think, yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, at any rate, I'm not surprised when I hear that in the story about the the rift there between Shatner and Nimoy because all Star Trek fans know that that that's common knowledge. They know that both of those guys didn't exactly sit down and shoot the breeze together with a, a sip of cognac and a cigar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He did pass away. Uh, died February 27th of 2015. 2015. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, wow. and and just to clear it up, it was his daughter Julie that was that told uh, Shatner that you know my father did love you. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, these guys uh, uh, they share. You know. With all these movies that all these these actors have done together and they share yeah. a lot a lot of history, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's like a family. You know, some family members you get along with, some you don't, some you like, some you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and you know what? You know what else is amazing about the original cast is that the original series only aired for three seasons. It yes. aired from 1966 to 1969, and then after that, there was about a 15 to 16 year gap where they didn't do anything. You know, Star Trek related. Yeah. And they they didn't get back together again until Star Trek The Motion Picture came out when they were shooting that, and it came out in 1979. But prior to that, so there was almost a 10-year gap there, Eric, Mm. from 69 to 79 where they didn't do anything Star Trek related. And then after that, you had the... um, uh, the other movies come out. They did a grand total of six. Yeah. So combining the six films and three seasons of the original series, that's that. Well, that's they, they not, prob- not, not, not It's not as big of a, a string of an inner. T- uh, it's not a big of a string of a franchise they weren't, weren't train together. Like, that, r- that, like the next generation, there was a cast. huge gap. Yeah, between right. them being together. But right. I was going to say, but at the same time, they probably spent more time on those movies together. Yeah. When, once they started uh, motion picture, was the first one Star Trek motion yeah. picture. Mm-hmm. When, once they started that, and, and you know, they probably spent so much time together from that point on. And that's yeah. probably and at that point, they all you know, I mean, the majority of them probably didn't like each other. So, they still didn't. You know, yeah. it was like torture to, to be together but yeah, i mean they yeah. did you know then again you know you have to say sometimes that kind of chaos and that kind of uh, uh i don't want to say anger but you know just just that when people just don't get along that friction yeah, uh, yeah. really creates great art 
So yeah. maybe, and you know, in the movies, you know, the stuff we see, we never knew it at, at the time per se, you know, yeah. when I was a kid watching these movies, but you know, it, it really, it probably, cre- I don't know if they all got along, maybe it wouldn't be the same movie, right? It's, well, it's, it's part of that, fa- movies. yeah, it's part of that facade that exists in Hollywood where we get so wrapped up in the thing that we love the most that we're watching, whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever, that we think that, okay, life, that the grass is just as green on the other side. Mm when the cameras are off and there's no shooting and that these guys get together and they shoot the breeze and they play poker together and they yeah, go they're all friends are all best yeah buddies. they're all best friends but then when we read stories like this and we hear about stuff like this we're like wait that's impossible that can't happen well well sure it can they're human beings just like the rest of us well no and, and at the same time I, my point was too that you know you uh, a lot of times these romantic films you know you think yeah. like just what you're talking about you know yeah. these people you know they have this there's romantic tension you know in the movie you know and all of a sudden you're, you're thinking that oh man they must really Really, you know, maybe they really do like each other. Yeah. Then you find out off screen they really hate each other, but it's that it's that tension somehow, and and the way right, that, that, right. that it's played during right. them that it, it it really provides a spark, and and we interpret it differently watching it on the screen. Notting Hill, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, but you know, they they <clears throat> they really don't like each other, but they're right, forced right. to like each other, which I don't know, it, yeah. it creates this whole crazy tension, which which it, it's really interpreted. In, in an interesting way on the screen. So yeah, it, it's maybe an, that. Yeah. It, it's an interesting juxtaposition of fiction versus nonfiction and what happens in real life versus what what happens, what doesn't happen in real life. I mean, I've been a part of theater casts that haven't gotten along. We, go, we would go out there on stage and do a mm. wonderful show together. And yeah, we all seem very happy when we take our bow to the audience. I hope I'm not uh, dispensing any dark theater secrets here. But then when we get backstage, sometimes there are people that we work with that just annoy the living hell out of us. Yeah, yeah. You, you, just, know? you just go home. Like, I'm just going home. I'm right, exactly. Yeah. It's like, bye. <laughs> Adios. Have a nice life. Well, okay, one more question before yeah. we, we're running yeah. a little bit over, but I just want one That's more right. question. Who came out? Did Shatner get his uh, singing album out first, or was it Nimoy? And that may have been what really ticked everyone uh, off, right? Okay, okay. I want to say that it was Nimoy, if I remember correct, I want to say it was Nimoy who came out with his first Bilbo Baggins, Bilbo Baggins. Okay. Remember that song? But William Shatner's quintessential musical piece, tra- The Transformed Man. Great, mm. one of the greatest worst albums you're ever. Was he singing Rocket Man like Rocket Man? Rocket Man, I'm a Rocket and Man. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, play a song for me. <laughs> I'm yeah. not singing, and I don't know where I'd rather be. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going. And yeah, and actually, I I think it was. I think actually, now that I think about it more, without googling here, so please forgive me, everyone. I think he came out with Transform Man before. Uh, Leonard Shatner, Nimoy. Right? Shatter, yeah, Shatner. I mean, came out I mean, Shatner came out first, and then Leonard Man Nimoy before came out. Nimoy came out with his with the Bilbo bag. I will thing. say that the cover art for Transform Man is brilliant. You just really? see a, a little silhouette of Shatner's face, and the lights are on him, and he's just like, "Don't you know?" This looks like the spotlight is on. Well, that's how they did. Know. I think a lot of those covers back then. <clears throat> yeah, you know, yeah, uh, that, yeah. So, so what we're talking about, and that probably came out in what the mid seventies, I think. Mid seventies. So, so what yeah. we're talking about, what basically happened is that yeah, the, the, the original show had three seasons. Yes. And you know, and it kind of, and so it was on and off. Now yeah. in syndication, so they kept playing the show in syndication, uh, Star Trek. That's where it gained and, popularity. And it gained popularity, especially with the younger mm-hmm. fans. Yep. And so, so it was on in the sixties. 66 and then, to 69. 69. And then the show was in syndication <clears throat> from that point on. Yeah. Well, as it gained popularity, then, of course, everybody <clears throat> wanted to see more of Shatner, more of Nemo, yep. more of these characters. 
So the the answer to that was, well, you know, they I guess the the industry wanted to make money off them. So let's hey, let's have them do a, an convention. album, a, a singing album, singing right? albums too. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so that's what happened. So that was where my question came from. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're exactly right. They capitalized on the popularity, and uh, they, for better or worse, they took advantage of it. So we were (laughs) wrong in the sense of they actually did something in between there, but just maybe not together, right? Just not Star Trek related (laughs) and not together. That's correct. Anyway, so yeah. (laughs) That's going to do it for us. Today. We think, <laughs> we think, we're we're at it. we're excited about uh, Shatner talk here, on right? This, uh, Gotta on love it. Anyway, hey guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, please yes. leave a review, subscribe to the show, and don't forget to like and follow us and leave some comments. Let us know what you like and what you don't like, and we'll see you guys next time. Take care. All right, peace. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No. Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.